Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Sorry You're In My Seat, a weekly podcast that unites two best friends on a quest to find the greatest movies of all time. My name's Aaron and each week I have the pleasure of talking movies and films with my best buddy James. Hello there. And this week's no exception as we roll into episode 246 of the podcast. If you're a new listener, thank you for joining us. We get around the mics each week to talk about a different movie, a topic or a theme within movies, sometimes a director, an actor or a genre. Um, and this week is no exception as we're taking on the formidable Mr. Daniel Craig. So I bet you're thinking, sat there going, well, I've already done Daniel Craig kind of twice. You've spoken about the Knives Out series and how much you're a big fan of them. You've also talked about the runners, James Bond. So why have you picked Daniel Craig? And the question is, is because I've watched a lot of Daniel Craig films this week. That is it. <laughs> yeah. I've come to a question. When, where is he? On the spectrum from beast to greatest, where is he? Where is he? I don't know. I genuinely, I've sat there and I've been watching. We've seen some of the best work in Bond. I'm going to say this now. It's a realisation I came to. And obviously our Bond, our ongoing Bond series is going to continue. We're going to hit Sean Connery, Roger Moore, Timothy Dalton. They are coming. We didn't just stop at Pierce Brosnan. We should have. We should have. (laughs) But he has revolutionised Bond. Bond's cool again. Bond, we had his arc. It had a starting point. It had what we wanted as fans. We wanted the recurring themes, the storylines to carry on. The storyline that starts in film one, Casino Royale, is ends in, in, in the final film. It's brilliant. He does a great job. It brings gravitas to a mummanising prick, kind of, you know, who's not looked on nicely by today's standards. And he gave us a character arc. Granted, Rami Malek was a bad villain, but James Bond was back in the front seat, number one contender. We loved him. We wanted him. We are now in a state of what's next. But, but Daniel Craig, is he like a wine? Is he getting better with age, like a fine cheese? Or is he one hit wonder? I don't know, because if you look at his filmography, you've got goodness, you've got badness, but you've got a lot of middle of the road. Yeah, there's ups and downs. There is a lot of ups and downs. And as so I was watching this film, it's like a very sporadic range this week. Again, for no reason. Mm. And I don't know where... I'm, I mean, this episode, mate, is all about you telling me where you think it is and, and me dropping in there. On the old Daniel Craig. But let's get one thing straight. Better than Seagal. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, I mean, if you're a long-term listener and, you know, you listen to last week's episode, we're sorry. We, we, um, we, that's why we dropped it late, so you'd have less time to yeah. listen to it. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, I put it off. I, I, the thing is, we normally drop an episode on a Monday. I didn't drop that till like, the Wednesday. Yeah. I knew on the Tuesday, but I thought the world ain't ready for an episode on Under Siege and Under Siege 2. Uh, but, you know, gonna, look for the good things and I'm going to tell you this they're short <laughs> and like I said in that review when the film ends it fucking ends it's like oh it's over roll them credits get out well, I like that about 90s action movies <laughs> so did I yeah. you know like you know just the film ends the cast roll that's it <laughs> get out there's nothing else you need to see or hang around after, for after scene credit no <laughs> no thank you get can I just say after scene credit I'm going to start here seen Mario this week oh yeah seen uh, Dungeons and Dragons wow busy week so I'm just going to say now that something has seeped into where, I'm not joking, mate, Super Mario Bros. has an after-scenes credit. An after-scenes credit in Super Mario Brothers the movie. Uh, <sighs> is, it, is it something to do with Donkey Kong? No. Donkey Kong's all, Donkey oh, Kong, he's in it. Donkey Kong is yeah. a big part in it. It is uh, Yoshi. Oh. Just just the egg. MVP, egg though. Hatching. Yeah, exactly. I love a Yoshi. Mm. I'll spoil for next week, maybe. Um, I love a Yoshi, but I'm just telling you now... I don't want to. I should not have to sit in a fucking bullshit film for like five minutes after for a Yoshi crack the egg. If you're going to do an after scene credit, at least put it like 30 seconds after the credits have started. So Jack Black is Bowser, though. I mean, with the song that he's written, that Peaches song. Yes. Because um, it's an original song that could be up for best Oscar. Love it. Wouldn't it be cool if that won? Yeah, go for it. I thought it was a fun little film, to be honest. A lot of people said that, yeah. It was fun. People, you know, critically, Mm. you know, it's about an Italian plumber. I think they get around the voice acting quite quite well. He puts on the thick Italian accent for an advert that plays at the beginning of the film, that after that he's just an American American male. Uh, I think it's Charlie Day's Luigi, though. He proper nails it. He proper nails it. Anyway, don't want to get too much into it. It was a good fun to watch. I enjoyed it for what it was. It shouldn't win any Oscars. It was an okay performance. It was good. I, I like the world jumping that they do. And it, obviously, Nintendo Mario has a lot of properties. Throw in a bit of carts. Throw in a bit of, you know, the star is obviously a big thing as well. You know, mm. the invincibility. It, it brings you back to playing it on the old snares. It's, it's cool. It, they, it's, it's a good celebration. Yeah. and they, bring, they, back, they, bring back Hopkins, though. <laughs> that, that's a... That... that childhood of playing Nintendo and Mario it's just iconic isn't it for so many generations because Mario keeps reinventing itself on it different does, platforms and different consoles so consistently very good though it is it's isn't because, it what, is, what I love about it is well, it's got no storyline it's yeah. just like Plummer Mushroom Kingdom 
Get stars. Why? Get stars. Because in the original one, he's not a plumber. He's a handyman. Isn't he is he? a handyman. It's called Don- Handyman. It's and Donkey, Donkey Kong, Kong the is villain. the villain, throwing yes. barrels at you. And then it kind of gave it a story that the films and everything else hasn't really got into. There is a hilarious joke, an absolutely hilarious joke. They, he gets to a castle and he says, is Princess Peach here? Or is, and he goes, oh, the princess is in a different castle. I fucking, I marked out. I was like, yes. Yeah. There's a joke. Deep cuts. There's, there's a joke 40 years in the making. <laughs> there's a, yeah, I, I watched him um, and I hate doing it because there, there were games that I grew up on that oh, no. wasted years of my life trying to complete or, or you know, back in the time of memory cards and having to choose what you delete to save your file You're and talking stuff about, like that. You're talking about Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone where you've got to collect all the fucking... Uh, Coins and Gringotts, Gringotts mate, mate, oh, mate. get to four. No, I, honestly, I was, rage, ba- rage I was babysitting <laughs> someone at the time playing that. And, uh, and it was like, I'm, even the kid was like, I think I'm supposed to go to bed. I was like, shut up and you will see me do this. I, I, I learned what rage was that day. I, I became a man when I heard that fucking PlayStation 1 controller 50 feet out the window. Get to fuck that game. Yeah, that, awesome game though. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. No Classic. idea what it's like after. The, um, <laughs> the, uh, there's the uh, Phantom Menace game as well. That Is just, that a pod racing one? No, no, no. Oh, no, no right, the, right. The, the full story one. The, where <laughs> at, at the end like you've leveled up as a Jedi and at the end when you fight Darth Maul it's just literally fucking do anything just you know all that skill and training that you've done you know because any game you've got to level up you've got to yeah. get your health bar you've got to learn certain moves you know you've got to yeah. upgrade you got to no learn no chance mate yeah. Yeah, at the end it's just just slap some buttons and hope you beat him but um, oh, the old Mortal Kombat strategy N64's uh, Mario 64 when that came that out was one brilliant of the game brilliant I love the, uh, the Mario Kart as well but I saw someone speedrun oh, where um, they, they glitched into the final yeah, yeah. Seen that as and well. they like complete the game in like three minutes I'm like no like, I don't understand, I don't understand speedrunners. Like, why would you go for an amazing game as quickly as possible? I know you want the record and everything, but part of me, that Nintendo, I had Nintendo mm. 64. My parents bought it for me on my birthday. Came down, it had two games. It had fucking Goldeneye and it had Super Mario 64. Mm. And those are the only games I had for several months. So much fun going through the different levels. And they're so in- ingenious. I remember you, the length that you, the height that you jumped into a map determined the starting level of the water. Yeah. Fucking brilliant. And it was like six different things. I thought it was it was ingenious. It was I loved brilliant. it. And I still think that must hold up because I've got a Switch. I have Odyssey. It's fun as well. Yeah. It's it's fun. And you can say everything about, and we've done episodes before on video game adaptations and how they don't work. This one works because it celebrates the fun of Super Mario. I think that's, it doesn't try to make it serious. They don't give the police BDSM gear. They don't. <laughs> Yeah, that happens. That film, that film, you know, the nineties uh, Super Mario Bros. is will always haunt us. <laughs> it will always, always haunt us. It genuinely, it was a, it was a, it was a good film, and it celebrated. And it brings me to my number one point that one of the best films I've seen this year, Dungeons and Dragons: Honor Among Thieves. It's phenomenal. Is it because of uh, Hugh Grant? Hugh Grant is phenomenal, and I, and and I knew I've said the word phenomenal twice. I was talking about Operation Fortune and how Hugh Grant's just played the same character now. He's he's split the universe, and he's going to play the same. Borderline, nearly the same character in this. Great villain. Why isn't Hugh Grant more villainy in more films? He's a great villain. I always remember his turn in Bridget Jones's diary. He was yeah. no longer the smooth man. He was a bit of a cock. Mm. You know, he cheated on his missus. He's cheating on Bridget. We don't like him. Paddington 2, mate. Paddington 2. What a villain. Yep. I mean, <laughs> and he's going to be an umpa I mean, the world... Yeah, I f- fucking forgot about that. We are, we are just living in his... We're all, you know, side characters and, and bit parts and cameos in, in the world that is Hugh Grant's life. Uh, uh, Hugh Grant, I think... I'm going to say this now. I think he's gone... We call it the Matthew Matthew McConaughey... McConaughey's. The McConaughey's, yeah. I think Hugh Grant's stolen it, mate. Hugh mm. Grant, after a certain age, has actually just done nothing but gold. Probably around his... Uh, Probably bef- after Love Actually, but Love Actually is still quite captivating as the Prime Minister fell enough. Mm. I think he's actually had hated, I hated Operation Fortune, thought it was crap. Quite still liked Hugh Grant in it though. I think he personally is, is pointing out his best work. Don't get me wrong, everything's great about Dungeons and Dragons. Um, the world set, the world building, the graphics, the storyline, the sense of terror is really good. I'm going to say this now, Chris Pine's one of my favourite Chris's in Hollywood right now. I think, he, like goes on, think he goes under the radar. I think because he's not in the because he was like a great choice for the reboot of Kirk. I think he was a great scarmy kind of, you know, captain of the Empire. I really liked it. Like his work in um, Wonder Woman, especially the first one. Mm. Kind of let down in the second one. It's not his fault. I don't really think it's the strongest storyline. I've forgotten the name. Uh, Michelle Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Michelle Rodriguez. Came up with a stupid line this week when interviewed. You're going to be in a Marvel film. Why are they still making Marvel films? Haven't they done too many? 
please. You've just released the 10th Fast and Furious, which you started off stealing VCR players. That's how long ago it was. And you've been to the moon, and Vin Diesel now has superpowers. It's odd, isn't it? It's just weird. It's, it's odd. And, and, um, saw your fucking and life, man. If, you, if you're a lifelong listener of this podcast... The Fast and the Furious is coming. We are going to do it at some point. <laughs> we just don't want it. I just, I just, it's got to be a, it's got to be a quiet week. <laughs> I um, can't have too much excitement. Uh, Carries uh, acted like Justice uh, Smith. I know you're a big fan of Detective Pikachu. He's great in it. Uh, the, the, uh, the, the maid who quite uh, doesn't really understand his powers, like trying to unlock his powers. There's funny scenes. It's really funny and a fun film. Mm. Sort of film you go with your family to see and they'd love it. Yeah. Uh, you've got a daughter. I imagine in a few years you'll sit down, you'll watch this, you'll like it. She obviously won't get like the, 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 storylines or the lots of inside jokes about the critical hit mm. Roller 20 lots of them in there it's great it's good fun I can tell you now it's one of the best films I've seen this year and I've good. seen uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 I put it up there with it it's yeah. a phenomenal film um, so much fun don't want to get into spoilers but the writing in it is so clever and the opening scene oh I loved it it had me quite early on mm. and I love it when a film grabs you tickles you and goes you know what you're going to enjoy this I, uh, I I watched uh, The Whale this week on Amazon Prime. I had a choice, mate. Super Mario Brothers. Can't watch Super Mario Brothers or The Whale. I stand by my choice. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously I've got a little one, so I can't leave the house a lot yeah. now because apparently you can't leave her unattended at That's, two years old. It's fucking bullshit. Don't wait till they're free. It's, it's, it's PC culture gone mad. <laughs> my parents used to leave me alone 18 months with a bottle of gin. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be fine. <laughs> Um, but I did watch, yeah, Darren Aronofsky's Oscar-winning uh, movie, The the Whale, starring, obviously, uh, Brendan Fraser, who, who took the Oscar, Sadie Singh, uh, Hong Chao, who, um, who is, is one of them actors that just keeps appearing in good uh, good roles in bad movies, like Downsizing. Um, but that film should have worked, Downsizing, because it's that sort of... Right... It's got Christoph Waltz as well. It should have been much better. And I've realised recently, well, I do like Matt Damon. It's it's just, it's the right kind of quirky. Mm. It's a weird story. <laughs> it should be enough. But then the menu as well played the like the, the chef underneath uh, Ray Fiennes' yeah, character. Yeah, the best, yeah. So, um, brilliant performance there. Um the the yeah it, 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 I mean most film enthusiasts have probably seen the well if it's an Oscar contender last year um, or know what it's about it's it centres around uh, Charlie played by Brendan uh, Fraser who's a recluse uh, extremely um, overweight English teacher who is gives lectures and hides himself yeah he? he shied away from the world oh, for the record I've seen it oh you have seen <laughs> yeah, it yeah oh. I just I haven't spoken about it because I think I saw it quite a while ago yeah so. shies away from the world to uh, uh, teach English online and the only kind of people he interacts with is a nurse is a, a friend I'm not going to give any of the storyline away yeah, about the, their, the their roles. man and uh, d- yeah and, and um, it's single it's shot in a single location so it's all shot within an apartment um, that Charlie lives in as he Starts to count down what could potentially be the end of his days. The nurse character, um, that we said, uh, Liz, played by um, Hong Chao, who, who you know is warning him that his lifestyle has now taken its toll and he refuses to go to the hospital. So she starts to prepare that this could be the end. And at that time, he reaches out to his estranged daughter, in this case, Ellie, played by Sadie Sink. You may know from Stranger Things. She's great. I think she's definitely one for the future. Yeah, oh, yeah, completely. Not now, to and, be fair. And um, and then we get a you know one hour forty minute drama um, you know around it's a it, Darren Aronofsky movies are, are a particular one you know obviously films like Black Swan the Wrestler um, Mother you know to, you know, they're, they're, he, he's he, going to tell you a tone mate he's, <laughs> he's he, set, he sets a he sets a movie that is um, you know it's not about heroes and it's not about um, success it's often films that deal with grief or films that deal with um, the kind of dark subjects, loneliness, isolation, paranoia. Um, in this case, it is very much grief in the sense that uh, Charlie, and, and sorry, how different characters deal with grief. So yeah. everyone in this, it, and it is, it's, you know, heavily, uh, what well, is it? It's adapted from a stage play. You could tell because it's, you know, it's- Love that when that happens. Yeah, especially when trans- exits, new yeah. character moves in, you know, off screen. It's, it's it's like when you watch Reservoir Dogs for the first time and you're like, this this is a play, you know, it's, you know, Mr. White leaves and so-so comes in. And the, I find that very much with The Whale in that- um, you could, I was like, I really wish I saw this on stage, actually, because I bet it was a fascinating thing to watch. But the characters intermingle and, and uh, you know, and, and working around Charlie in this situation, all are battling their own sense of grief and their and and how they handle it. And his character in particular is really, really interesting because he, you know, he's a father. He's someone who's been uh, absent from his daughter's life for the best part of, I think, eight years. They say in the movie, um, 
and he's trying to rekindle that. He wants to, before he dies, he wants to do something good for her. He wants to, um, you know, it leave her some inheritance, but he also wants to build a relationship with the time that he has left. Um, he seems to believe in her when no one else does. Um, you know, <laughs> most best story if he also didn't believe it. <laughs> yeah, we'd probably be pretty quick with it. We'll get to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after 10 minutes, you're a bit of a dick. Get out. Um, <laughs> It, it's a really, really good movie. I really enjoyed it. I, I've, I, you know, by the end of it, I was, I was emotionally like, yeah, God, that really hit me. That film, straining at some points. Yeah, I think it's Aronofsky's simpler work, and that's not a criticism at all. I think it's you, not like Mother, is it? Yeah, if you look <laughs> at Mother and you look at Black Swan, I mean, you could, you could dissect that movie, and, and I, I imagine, you know, film Twitter and film students, it's, it, it would make a great, you know, deep dive analysis of, of what those movies are about, but. The the whale I think is is more straight laced. Towards the end, there is a little element of kind of metaphor in there, mm. um, but for the most part, it's a straight laced drama with a really good central performance from from Brendan Fraser. Um, the whole cast is, for, is is great in this, and it's a film that I love. A film that's set in a single location because you really have to work to develop a storyline that becomes more and more engaging and yeah. captivating and gripping and. The way that they do that within this film is, you know, um, you know, unlocking a door that or a room that we haven't been in before, or a character coming in, um, you know, a little bit, you, you know, uh, irate about something. They're bringing some drama to the room, you know, that kind of thing. And and it can, and each scene starts by telling you what the day is as well. So it kind of, although it kind of breaks the monotony of being in that room by saying, you know, the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and we build through the 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 final few days of Charlie's life. I I really did think it was brilliant film and so refreshing to watch that in between you know so much uh, Teletubbies and, <laughs> and other things I've been uh, enjoyed to watch Postman Pat a lot of that recently but yeah Not it's Postman just on Pat. Amazon, Pat, uh, Amazon I, Prime do I Postman Pat's funny because I was went to go see the uh, nephews not that long ago it's weird how times have changed it's made me feel really old as a person because that's obviously how age works but Noddy's got an iPad now Noddy? Yeah, he's not called, and and uh, again, I can understand why, but his friend's not called Big Ears. You know, things like that, they change, and you just think, oh, you took them for granted. We're getting so old now, mate, that this month is a huge month. You and I still don't have Odeon passes. You've got a family. I just don't want to go outside anymore. <laughs> you know, there's huge films coming out. There's, there's, what's coming out? There's The Flash. Yeah, big, yeah. There's... Spider-Man, Spider-Verse. Spider-Man, Spider-Verse. There's Indiana Jones, which, which mm. you know, I've been heard for, but I genuinely am excited to see. I can't wait to see the fourth instalment of that franchise. <laughs> the most exciting thing I've done, mate, is I bought a sofa at 0% interest for three years. Mm. Mate, it's beautiful as well, reclining. Just saying. You've got your dog. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, I've, I've done with movies. End of the podcast. Next week, we're going to talk about ailments. <laughs> I've got bad shoes. Um, I love the... Loved the Loved well, heartbreaking in some scenes, but it's not even the scenes that you expect. They're little comments and stuff like that. People yeah. hate people as well. They think he's fatphobic, and I just thought it's weird the world that we live in. It's it's not. It's an actor challenging themselves to portray something else through prosthetics. You can't. I don't want to get into it, but I'm just saying it's it's a weird world that we live in. I think Brendan Fraser does a great job, but he's gravitas to a role that could have easily been a lot different with the wrong person in there. Yeah. I mean, the, the, yeah. The, oh, here we go. I, I, I've said the question. I've opened the door, and I feel bad now. No, Sorry, I just. I, I mean, I read about the fat phobia thing as well, and and I. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not one of the people that's jumped on that that campaign. I didn't feel that, but then again, I'm, it's not that wouldn't My that own. wouldn't affect yeah. me. But I think what what I understood about it and what I like about Darren Aronofsky's work is that it doesn't spoon feed. So there's a, there's a as I said, the film is about grief. Something has happened that links a lot of these characters yeah. together. And there is a scene where it doesn't, it never fully tells you what happened to that person. But a character yeah. says in his final few days, he, he wasn't eating and, he, and there was nothing left of him. And then Charlie's character it's has turned to, to yeah. eating. And so it, it's literally a sentence in the film that someone says made, makes you go, right, I get it now. I get, you know, it doesn't, it, it doesn't start with a, with a prologue or a scene or a scene that shows you, you know, a tragedy and then here's the aftermath. You have to, you have to listen for it. And I, and that's so much more rewarding because then you get the motives or you get the reason behind why someone would, you know, literally eat themselves to death, um, you know, or isolate or, or want to shine themselves away from the world. You know, it's, I, I found that the, there's, the film, the dialogue and the script, which is probably, again, coming from a rich screenplay of on theatre, 
leaves a trail of breadcrumbs that you then just have to follow it. And and, and I, I found I found it a really fascinating piece of work. He was, he was actually really good. And I'm really nice to see Brendan Fraser, who like the internet adopted, come back with a tour de force performance as well. Yeah, it's very good. Mm. I'm sorry for bringing up controversy. No, no. no. Um, we'll talk after. I've got a question for you. Yeah. Daniel Craig? So is he any good? <laughs> well, let's have a look. Daniel Craig. Daniel Rawton Craig? I know, it's weird, isn't it? It's, it's it, doesn't like, look, it doesn't look like a Rawton. It's like when you hear, hear Mel Gibson's full name and you're like, why is there so much in there? Um, it's too much. Uh, English actor, 55. One plus, looks good for 55 yeah, as well. 178 centimetres, uh, metres tall. <laughs> centimetres. <laughs> 178 centimetres tall. I don't know why Wikipedia tells you all these things. No one's ever gone. I wonder how tall he is. Um, Daniel Craig's a funny one because I, I, I we're going to get on to I know exactly the time I recognised him. Me too. I know the exact film it was where I go, you know, at, at any time, Bond or any film afterwards, I've gone, oh, it's the guy who was in that. And there's a very particular scene and a very particular moment that I, that I became conscious of the man Daniel Craig. But reading around him this week in preparation for this, what I like about Daniel Craig is because he looks, he doesn't look like the Brad Pitt stereotype. He, he doesn't. He's got a very distinct face. Yeah. And it is distinct because the, the moment that he became very recognisable to me, mm. I, won't go, I won't go into it either, but I will later, but it, it's weird because it's not like, oh, he's a good looking chap. It's like, he looks like a fucking psychopath. Yeah. But we do treat as a good looking leading man. Yeah. I mean, he, I think he's, you know, he's obviously, the, since James Bond, he's you know, he's in great physical shape. Yeah. He's, um, but yeah, he looks... He, a sex he, symbol know, as well, which is... I think he loans himself to drama, comedy and action very well because of his, um, you, you know, his, his aesthetics and his, and his look and his demeanour. But, you know, that, and that he is a tour de force in that he can do all of those genres and horror and thriller and all the others. So he's, he really is he's, he's complex. But I assumed, not knowing anything about him, that he came from a kind of working class background where he had a he was he worked in a mill mm. for for ten years until someone went. Have you tried acting? And and but actually straight from school, he straight was from in, school in theatre, he was um, you know, picked up by the Royal Shakespeare Company's international star on on theatre. Played in um, you know Cinderella, played in uh, Romeo and Juliet. Then he was picked up in the nineties with where you know as any. English actor in the nineties, you've got to do your time in heartbeat. You've got to you've got to do sharp. That's it. That's why I recognise him because, because, because in it he plays he plays like a really upper class man who decides to murder Sean Bean. But when you look at him, he's like, oh, is he working class as well? He's a proper psychopath. Yeah. Mate, you gotta love Sharp. It's also where you got Mark Smart just randomly appears in one of them. And uh, one arm traitor, mate, just saying. Drop the drop the donkey as well, you know, in the nineties. Ninety-six started in the BBC drama called Our Friend in the North alongside Christopher Eccleston. That was probably like the bigger one, wasn't it? Well, that was what many considered to be his breakout role. And then going into the 2000s, started working with some big names. I mean, you look at working with Kelly McDonald in Some Voices. We um, That's the one where he plays the kind of schizophrenic. Mm. Um, it, Tony Collette in Hotel. And I've never seen it. Is it Hotel Splendid? Yeah. Uh, Splendid. Splend- Splendidly or something? Splendid. Yeah. Um, Kim Basinger in uh, Dreamed of Africa. I Dreamed of Africa. And then Angela Jolie, obviously, in Tomb Raider. Can't win them all. Can't win them all. <laughs> Joe Butler's an alumni of Tomb Raider fame as well. I think, can't win them all. <laughs> I can't remember which one it is, but one of them, she bites his nipple. And I want to say it's Jared Butler, but it could be Daniel Craig. If you know whose nipple has been, please get in touch. Please get in touch. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not watching them. Daniel, Daniel, <laughs> if, if it's Daniel Craig, if it's Daniel Craig, Daniel Craig famously in an interview said he did it for the money. He needed the money at the time. He sounds like such a whore, doesn't I, I do like the, the money. <laughs> I do like to think it was the nipple biting scene. If wait, it was, wait, if it was in fact Daniel Craig. But I, all it, I remember, but, but weirdly, if both from trying to double cross her. If it was Jared Butler, you just you go like, yeah, he definitely did it for the nipple biting. Yeah. It's like he didn't care about the money. Yeah, because <laughs> he's a dirty. I do old think man. it was Daniel Craig then, because he, yeah, he's the love interest that tries to. What? Yeah, that doesn't happen again in the second one, does it? it? The exact same thing. Never. I mean, that's the thing as well. Last time it? I like, saw Rimmer from uh, Red Wolf as well as these films, they, they took him back and shot him because he just died after these. You and me did something for the money. Right? Let's say, let's say, let's say, like, was no, 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 no. I mean, like, if, if someone said, like, I've got Friday off and someone went, would you help us move a sofa? Oh, not really. I'll give you 20 quid. Yeah, right. And, you know, like, and yeah, then the next day, what'd you do? I'll move a sofa white. Oh, just I did it for the money. Did it for the money. Do you know what I mean? Whereas Daniel Craig went to exotic locations with Angelina Jolie oh, to yeah. be in a blockbuster movie just, just for, for the money. money. Yeah. Shut up, you turd. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, right, if we're keeping score, that's one negative, Mark. <laughs> also, hate... the fact that he tries to kill Sharp is a negative. It's a negative. You don't try to kill Sharp. <laughs> but I don't, I don't, yeah, I mean, actors always come across with 
saying dumb shit like that, don't they? It's like, you did it for the money. What else did you do it for? What else did you do Tomb Raider for? <laughs> the nipple blind. <laughs> the artistic integrity. <laughs> a faithful game adaptation. Is that the film where they're randomly, there's just a robot and it's never explained? I think, is that the second one? <laughs> where she's doing like a training montage, which I don't know why they just didn't do at the mansion. Well, I don't understand. Yeah, right. Just lock you, um, what's his name? Um... <laughs> Rimmer into the freezer like a good like a... I don't understand like that wasn't the biggest thing in the... she should she shouldn't have done the thing where she backflips over him but she should have gone I'm in here and he walks in and she just closes it because it would have been hilarious yeah. or he's it's just in there the and she walks past and just accidentally closes the door on him like that That come on can't even write a fucking Laura Croft film properly not Daniel Craig's fault though no he's okay no but he did it for the money can I That's just say that there's a film earlier which I swear to god do you remember when we were talking about episode 200, in this Space? You thought you had a fever dream and invented that film. And I said to you, oh no, that happens. Yeah, yeah. I was looking at Daniel Craig, I was like, there's a film, I swear to God, that a kid, the kid, one of the kids from American Pie goes back in time. And he's a baseball player and he's wearing a, he plays for the Knights. He goes back in time with Arthur and Merlin. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I swear to God, Daniel Craig is trying to bang Kate Winslet whilst this kid, this baseball kid, fucking 995, a kid in King Arthur's court. It fucking is true. Is it it the, happened. That's the Disney one, isn't it? The flop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was shocking. That was a, I was like, I remember, I remember Oscar winner, Fucking Kate Winslet. Oh, did she win the Oscar? Oscar nominee, Kate Winslet. Trying to get it on with with um, Daniel Craig while the terrorist from True Lies is trying to marry her. That actually happened. <laughs> while, while, mate, while, while a kid from uh, American Pie is also being mentored by the mentor from Mighty Ducks. There you go, that was my childhood summed up in a sentence. What was that film called? It's called A Night in King Arthur. A Kid in King Arthur's Court, 995. That's the one, yeah. 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 It's a weird film and it exists. Episode 300. We'll do it. We won't. I would have thought that Thomas Ian Nicholson, uh, Nicholas, who was in that, would go on to be an American Pie. Exactly. He did it for the money. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, but I think 2002, um, and we're talking about like Daniel Craig I thought, having the opportunity to work with so many great actors. 2002 is oh. when I first kind of became aware, I suppose, of Daniel Craig. It was in Road to Petition where he played uh, Paul Newman's son. And uh, alongside Tom Hanks in that movie, like that to me was certainly a who's that guy? He's quite interesting. What you do is you get a great juxtaposition as well. Like Tom Hanks is famously Mister Nice in this film, he's not nice. Paul Newman obviously loves him like a son, but Tom Hanks is on a scene of crime obviously that he shouldn't have seen. But it's, Daniel Craig does a great job as the unloved mobster son who just wants to be loved. That's all he wants. He just wants to be nice. That's a great film. And Road to Perdition breaks the Hanks rule in my mind. Tom Hanks brings it in that film and I think when Tom Hanks brings it everyone brings it I've always said that he's an enhancement yeah. talent very rarely do you watch a Tom Hanks film and no one brings 100% I, I think I think Road to Position is good and I rewatched it a year two years ago and, and enjoyed it and um, of course you, you know you, you can't not talk about that movie and not talk about um, what's his name Dumble 4 you mean uh, Jude Law, Jude is that, Law. Is it, I, do you know what I just think it's a great cast actually it's, it, I love Road to Perdition one I like mobster movies anyway never really been a big fan of Tom Hanks now just because I'm not a big fan doesn't say that I, I think he's very good it's just not for me but but Road to Perdition layers and layers like, I love mm. Jude Law's like psychopathic he needs to take a photo where someone's dying as well mm. there's a great layer um, Cray, uh, Daniel Craig's character was such an arsehole just like your typical mobster just wants to get in there doesn't understand the game if you will <clears throat> An entitled brat. It's a really good story. I really like Road to Position. I think kind of some like of Trump the... Junior isn't yeah. it? Is the archetype for that. But I do, I do think they they filmed it early. I think that film now would be, you know, in the in in. I mean, and there's nothing wrong with the film. But the film is great. But it is one of the films where I think, God, if they made it nowadays, because yeah. it's inspired by a, a short graphic novel as well, isn't it? Yes. That you think, God, can you imagine how Scorsese did it? Yeah. Do you know? I I, I think Road to Position is a great great film. Um, looking through his filmography then I suppose the next big one is 2004's Layer Cake I love Layer Cake that's the film that started this it's on Netflix at the minute and yeah. I saw and it's in the frame of when you watch Layer Cake it's a lock stock and two smoking barrels film or a snatch film it's got that kind of it's based in that criminality London underground mm. but it's not a where your hero or the person you're supposed to root for He's good because he wants out. He wants out. So he wants out. It's a criminal enterprise, but it's not. That's shocking, mate. It's not a Guy Ritchie film. No, yeah, yeah. I, 
Your money would have been on it. Your it? money would be on it because you've seen this and you just seen well, it's the third leg. It's the third in this trilogy. It's nice. It's a very good film. And and Daniel Craig to me, this is probably where I saw this year was a big year for him because I don't know about your GCSE, but I had to read Enduring Love or maybe A level. I can't remember. However old I was, and in 2004 he did this and Enduring Love. So this was Daniel Craig season for mm. me. This is where I saw him a lot. Well, I went to the cinema to see Lair Cake. Went to the cinema to see Enduring Love. Mm. He was just done a fucking essay on it. So I was like, right, I'm going to see what happens. Um, but Lair Cake, I'm going to put up there with. Lock, Stock and Snatch, which everyone says, oh, they're great British gangster films. I think Lair Cake's a great example. Does a good job as well of holding the screen as an unknown because he's the main focus of the story. He's the mm. storyline. He, sorry, he's the main character. But as an audience member, I didn't have a flipping clue who this guy was. Like, really? Yeah. I think he holds it. He's not named. At no point does he get you you're ever told his name. But when you watch it, it's weird how many characters and actors are in it. Like, Ben Wishaw's in it. And I was like, oh, he plays Q later on. It's like, there's a good metaphor. Gambon, mate. Michael Gambon, and it's great when you get a Gambon signing. Mm. Sign, I love a Gambon signing. I just think it's brilliant. Daniel Craig, this is probably the first film in so far where you think, pay attention. He's good, but I want him to be good outside of this style of film, if that makes sense. Yeah. So Lair Cake for me is a good film. I really enjoy it. But that's because I quite like the kind of gangsty London films. They're never going to win awards. They're a good watch for an hour, two hours. They're pretty good. Yeah, and not everyone gets out of them. You know, you could say, well, oh, they don't. Yeah, yeah. You, could, you could say that, oh, you know, the, the, it's such a simple formula. Anyone looks good, but it doesn't. Joe Butler is the, the you know, yeah. it revolver. No, <laughs> uh, what's that? Which one is it that he was in? Um, Brock Rock and Roller. Roller. Yeah, is the, is, the, is the example of that. But, I mean, also in, in 2003, did Sylvia alongside um, Gwyneth Paltrow. And I have then, seen a film, I can't remember And then it. the year later, he you know he does, he's played a drug dealer. Coincidence, I think not. No. Gwyneth Paltrow, you know what you did. He's done drugs. 2005. 2005. The um, jacket. There you go. I got this on DVD at a time when it was like, you go down to H&V at a weekend with like your paper round money or whatever, and you buy free DVDs for 20 quid. Mm. And I got the jacket because it looked like a psychological thriller at a time when those were kind of, you know, the, the early 2000s yeah. it don't was like, say a word they're yeah, all like this exactly right? yeah um, so I've got this one with Adrian Brody and Kieran Knightley in it and he played Adrian Brody's the main star in it who who's a kind of a veteran wrongly uh, put into an asylum and uh, he's tested on and he gets put in the jacket he gets put in like the autopsy not the autopsy in the um, the cold. Have you seen this film? No. Oh, I guess basically. I always get this one confused with the the jacket and the tuxedo, mate. <laughs> <laughs> easily, easily done. Um, what? Yeah, no. He, it's this. So he gets he gets put in a straight jacket as part of this experiment and given these drugs and then put in like you know the drawer that they put the dead bodies in, yeah. in the morgue. Yeah. And like locked in one of them, so it's quite claustrophobic. But then it kind of causes him to weirdly like out of body time travelly thing oh, which yeah. trying to save Kira Knightley's character obviously yeah, uh, yeah. yeah it's, it's odd it's an odd movie <laughs> uh, I, I, one, and, one and done but 2005 Munich ah uh, which is what? such a weird comparison to say he did the jacket and then Munich in the same year Spielberg's three hour epic so we're in 2005 and I'm going to tell you now this is one of the weirdest filmographies we've ever gone through it's weird and what's really funny is his worst film is still yet to come it's a film I have seen, and fuck you, Daniel Craig, if I ever find you. But Munich's such an awesome film, and it comes out of nowhere. Mm. Like the retaliation of against the 1972 Munich Games. And Black September. It, 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 Eric Banner, when he had a career, do you remember? Yeah. <laughs> that, that summer. Yeah. <laughs> was, well, Hope came out after this, didn't it? <laughs> oh, that's what killed it, right. But what great film. And he's really good in it again. I think this is probably his, this, his performance in this is probably what probably got him Bond. They were like, yeah, he's good. He can hold an action scene. Obviously, he's not the main character, but he is the secondary character. Um, badass. Mm. Well, badass. I know that he's, as memory serves, it's been a while since I've seen him. Like, it is the, he's like the, not the coward, but the one who questions it, I think. Anyway, either way, he's a great performance. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's got Kieran Hines in it as well, isn't it? Yeah, he's also got... Uh, Jeffrey Rush. He's got Ken Stott in it as well, because that was the film I realised his name's not Ken Scott, it's Ken Stott. Mm. There you go. It's a big old cast, that. Three-hour movie. I went to cinema to watch it and, and got a numb arse. But it's, yeah, it's, it's quite... It's one of the movies where the action, the violence is... Secondary. It, it's, yeah, it, but when it happens, it's... it's yes. I remember watching that and thinking, of course, it's Spielberg. He, he has a way of making things just look so natural. There's always something about Spielberg when someone gets shot and you're like, oh, that's that's quite graphic. Can we just you know? say it's weird as well that Spielberg did this film? It's weird, isn't it? It is weird. It is. I mean, yeah, <laughs> It's weird. Yeah. It's Especially weird. in 2005. Yeah. You know, he's like, he's like just... What, do you know what, what film we should do? What? The Munich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good film, though. I genuinely... I was, I was expecting it to be bollocks. I genuinely love Munich. 
there's Infamous, which is Toby Jones's take on Capote. Didn't like it. I I didn't. And there was two movies that came out at the same time about the same character. And the other and the other one got um he's dead now, isn't he? The other actor. I can't remember his name. Anyway, I prefer the second one. Yeah, it's gonna bug me now who did the other one. Isn't he the villain in one of the Mr. Impossible films? <laughs> Fucking hell. Oh no. I might be completely off the top of Oh, you are saying um oh, doesn't oh my god. Oh my god. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that one. Yeah, that's fuck you. Thank you. I had nothing, but I also didn't help you. I could have gone on the internet, does it? I just stared at you. It's nice um, to not see your ear this week. Uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> Casino Royale, 2006. This is it. I, the problem is we've done a Bond episode, and I'm going to admit it now, and I'm probably going to admit it to you now. I think he is probably the best Bond. I genuinely am going to concede this ground that we had an argument. I said that it's, it's, it's Sean Connery or it's... You'll you, never get the answer to this because it's whoever is your Bond at the time. I think he he does better in a different world. Like, And what I really like about it is Casino Royale is a great starting point and Quantum of is not good. But after that, his performance of Bond is probably the best performance of Bond because he grows with the character. He's not just, you know, he's not having sex with women. They do a great thing as well where they imply he's gay because, uh, not gay, that he's had uh, relations with a man because as a secret agent, he'd have to seduce men as well. And he's mm. up against some great villains. He's more memorable. He has more memorable moments. <clears throat> You know me, mate. You know me a long time. I've always said, your hero's only as good as your villain. Mm. And that doesn't happen in the last film. The villain's not a good villain. He's barely in it. But the character of James Bond, because of Daniel Craig, surpasses that. And I genuinely think that if you put all of the films side by side, ah, and I I rejected you on this, I'm going to tell you now. Do you think he's the best Bond? I've changed my mind. Yeah. I'll remove myself from the hill. I do stand on the hill, though, that the golf ring is a better Bond movie. <laughs> but I will concede that Daniel Craig... Let's be honest, Daniel Craig... In this country, we only care about three things. Is it pronounced scone or scone? Mm. Who's going to play Doctor Who? And who's going to play James Bond? And we don't even watch Doctor Who. We just care that it's a man that plays (laughs) it. But... um, and he got ridiculed. And the ending of that, he got ridiculed. Oh, James woke. Do you want fuck you, people who said that? It was a great journey of a character. Something that six other actors had tried and they... Maybe Sean Connery came the closest. We had a James Bond that we grew with as an audience. It was a great portrayal. We we wept with him. We were on his side. We actually cared. There was actual tension. The fucker, it's been a while now, so spoilers, he died. It was fantastic. And Daniel Craig, I didn't want to do this. I didn't want to come in and go, we've done an episode on Daniel Craig and his sponsors. But that's probably his number one, no, number two acting role. And I already know what you're going to say number one is. Yeah, it's because it's my favourite. I mean, of course it is. Um... I haven't seen The Invasion. I have. He owes me fucking money. Oh, it's it, one it of the worst films. Nick, uh, Nicole, I think it's genuinely voted as one of the worst films. And it's because it's poorly edited. I don't think they actually finished filming it. It's got one of the lowest critical response scores. It's a bad film. But I so, did see Golden Compass. Well, it wasn't a very good year for him, 2007, was it? <laughs> or Nicole Kidman. Or Nicole Kidman, yeah. <laughs> I mean, after this, they were like, don't put them in a film ever again. Um, yeah, I mean, he played Lord Asriel in that who, I, I mean, I don't know. It was just bad. I mean, everyone has that Everyone has that literature that they're fond of that then the film adaptation ruins. It might, yeah. I've, had it, I've had it definitely twice with the um, the Dark Tower movie, the Idris Elba, Matthew McConaughey one, and yeah. then I've had it with Golden Compasses, this version. The, t- the BBC drama. It was pretty good, wasn't it? Yeah, with Daphne Keane and, um, and Professor X. <laughs> James McAvoy. McAvoy thank I you thought you were going to go with the the creator of Hamilton, who's basically the creator of the world <laughs> that we live in. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, yeah Lim Manuel Miranda. Miranda. Yeah, basically, and who's, who's created, Wilson. Who's created the world that you live in. Actually, if you think of that cast, there, it's just phenomenal. Isn't yeah, it? they're all at the top of the game. They're all brilliant. Yeah, I mean that, and that that TV series is much better. I mean, in this, yeah, it was just, it was, it wasn't bad. It was just. It was boring. It was boring. It, 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 it should be a huge saga, a free, you know, a trilogy. And obviously, it got dropped. We never got parts two or three with this. It ends on the cliffhanger that studio dropped it. But what should have been the introduction to an amazing like world and, and idea and character just turned bland and boring in the Golden Compass. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was. It was. And I think oh, honest, I mate, could I be wrong. I could be wrong, but I think the Golden Compass as well shoehorned the first two books into it. I, I heard that it dropped a lot of big storylines that they couldn't afford to drop. Yeah, I know. I, I, I haven't read the books, and so I didn't know. I just thought it was a bad film. Yeah. It's paced terribly, which might explain if they chopped two films in, but my understanding is they missed huge parts out. Yeah, I, th- I think it, it combined elements of Amber Spyglass in it as well. But either, either way, um, 
ter- terrible movie. And if you're if you're a fan of the source material, I imagine that let a lot of people down. How to Lose Friends and Alienate People, he was uncredited in as a cameo. But in 2008, he's the cameo now. So he must be, we as an audience well, must James know. James Bond, you are, you're a household name. You're worldwide by this point. There's something else that happened in 2008, mate. And it's kind of what started this because there's two films I've never seen. I've never seen the film Defiance and I've never seen the Brad Pitt film Fury. I really want to watch the Brad Pitt film Fury because everyone tells me how good it is. It was called Defiance. Search for Defiance this week. Watch me and Daniel Craig live Schreiber movie about Jews that hold out in the Second World War in the forest. Yeah. Yeah, one Fury. <laughs> no, it wasn't Fury. Did you like Defiance though? I I don't like the accents. The accents are terrible. Great cast, yeah. especially good British cast as well. Like yeah. there's a lot. And, and I like Liv Schreiber. I think he's very good. Mm. Despite the fact he, as an actor, I don't think he's got great range. But what he does, he does very well. But Daniel Craig's accent needs to come out back and die because it was not very good. And that's the problem. That's I mean, the problem I mean, you're with, saying that when he, when he plays, uh, you know... I know. <laughs> when you glass onion and, <laughs> I think when it comes to a war film, you got, you've got two choices. You've got do the accents, but speak in English, in English and, and you're always going to run the risk that not every accent's going to go well. Jamie Bell's accent is actually really good, for example. <laughs> it's Daniel Craig's that kind of lets it down. Or go Enemy at the Gate, where they just speak English. And you've got like Bob Hoskins going, no, do it for the comrade. <laughs> and it's, it's weird, but at least you're not slagging mm. anyone's accent off. Don't do half and half, which is what this film does. Yeah. I, I liked it. I thought it was all right. I don't, weirdly, the, the, it's the action that lets it down. It's the storyline's fine and great. No, I, can I change my answer? This is a true story. I felt like when you hear a true story, you know, they embellish it a lot. Either they didn't embellish it enough or it's the action scenes that don't work. Every time someone picked up a gun, I, didn't, I, I lost interest. I was like, there's a har- harrowing scene where, so there's a group of, uh, German Jews have basically gone into a forest and the Nazis are hunting them down whilst the Russians are advancing. So they basically protect themselves like Robin Hood with guns in the Second World War. There's a scene where they capture one of the German soldiers. The German soldier lets split that in three days. The Germans are coming to exterminate everyone in the forest and leave. And there's a horrible scene where he says, oh, I've got kids. And then one of the uh, one of the women in the camp goes, I had a son, his name was David, and she hits him. And then everyone says, oh, I had a son, I had a brother, I had a father, and they start, and they start hitting him. And it turns into a brutal murder scene. And Daniel Craig's leader of camp, and he turns around, he walks away, and I, I was genuinely quite upset. I was like, oh my God, it's a harrowing scene. But obviously you have to show that the anger and the upset of these people is what caused it. Those were the, not best bits, those were the most engaging parts. But every time we went to action, which it did towards the end, it was like, right, drop the pot. They went with a weird Moses, uh, Moses motif, and like, part the swamp and go through it and it, it, the action wasn't actually that good that's what let it down for me yeah I mean I, I quite liked it, I, it um, sorry I spoke loads then. no I no talk, talking about like accidents taking you out of it I mean the, the, the crowning of that is is Valkyrie with Tom Cruise yeah is the is the um, you know in the interviews they were like why are you doing it in an American accent <laughs> uh, you know we just thought no it's because it, yeah. the film was crap yeah. so you may as well do it in an American <laughs> accent don't don't try. No. <laughs> and, um, if you don't try, then they can't really blame you. And then the other one was, um, oh, what's that one I always think of when it comes to accents? I think it's harsh because now that I say it, I was actually, maybe Daniel Craig's accent wasn't that bad. If you're always talking about accents, it's it's either Sean Connery in the the, the, the Expendables. No, my, my, actually mine is Brad Pitt's in Inglorious Bastards. Good point. Because I, I, don't believe, I don't believe he's actually human. Like, <laughs> He puts on a really thick American accent, doesn't he? And he is American. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. 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 Yeah, there you go. But but no, so I'm still trying to find Fury. But now I know what it's called. That's half the battle. It's a pretty good, I mean, it's a stellar cast. So John Bethnal, so John Bethnal's got a YouTube series. Yeah. Which I, he basically just interviews these random people. I do Kurt. Angle, obviously famous WWE wrestler, but in real life was an Olympic gold medalist. Yeah. Um, and then he'll do a film producer. He'll do a minor. He just basically talks about life with him. It's mm. so interesting. And, and in it, I can't remember which episode I was listening to, he's talking about what an experience Fury was uh, to film. But I didn't hear the film Fury. I was oh, I, All I got from it was Brad Pitt and Tank. Yeah. Well, he does, <laughs> and assumed he did, it was the film to find. There's, there's so. an interview where he has with Shia LaBeouf. And that they, might and be they, they talk about like their their experiences on set at the that time. That was it. Because it is. I mean, yeah, Brad Pitt, um, John Bethnal in uh, Charlotte Booth, Mike Pena. Oh, obviously, <laughs> Mike Pena's in everything. He's, yeah. He's, if you don't is see it Logan him in the Lerman film, as well, this the young lad in it. Logan Lerman, yeah, he, he's in 
Hunters on, on Amazon. I wonder what series. T- yeah, in, uh, Percy Jackson, Lightning Thief. Yeah, we'll go. You really like that film, don't you? Yeah, it, no, but there's there's another actor who looks like Logan Lerman who I always get confused with. But I think it is Logan Lerman. And there's the guy, from, you're thinking about the guy from 10, 10 Things. Uh, the Netflix one about the girl who kills herself. That actor. He's in Perks of Being a Wallflower. That's the one you're thinking about. They look exactly the same. Yes. You're right. Why did I say you're right? I'm right. I was, I, no, I was thinking about that American Assassin uh, film as well. You know, the one with Michael Keaton? Yes. And he was in that. I was like, is that Logan Lerman? No, it isn't. It's the other it's, guy. It's the other one. And that one where he's in the bunker and like Netflix movie and all them, all them like monsters have taken over. No, you've lost me now. You're on your own. You don't remember that one where Love, Love and Monsters? Where, that's not him. <laughs> no, that's not Logan Lerman. That's the other bloke. That's no, I think that's a third first. Why do they all look the same? Because we're old, mate, and everyone looks to say now. If you're young, you're the same. Right, you talk about the hit that was Cowboys and Aliens. You love the word. Right, so as long as I've known Aaron, Aaron's argument has always been, I'm sick of Aliens films because they always come in modern times. He said, I want to see Aliens come back in the Logan past. Logan Lerman was in Perks of Being a Wallflower. Sorry. And he was in Fury. Okay. Right, okay. So, oh, it was him that was in Perks of Being a Wallflower. It wasn't the other one. <laughs> That's my fault that I was wrong. And it's... It's Dylan O'Brien is the other one that I always get mixed up. So Dylan O'Brien looks like Logan Lerman. Yes. Right, and I okay. keep getting their filmographies mixed up. Right. But he was in the, the outfit and he was, you know, that one about the the mob in Chicago. The oh, Taylor. yes. Yes. Um, and Love and Monsters. Oh, I love that film as well, The Taylor. Oh, that was a good film. And American last year as well. Assassin. So, right. I'm not gone mad. So you've always said that you wanted aliens to come back and fight. I believe you said the Roman Empire. You said I, you wanted to see the Romans versus aliens. You want to see an alien film that's a bit different. They didn't come now. They came some point in the past. And I'd just like to point out that Hollywood was obviously listening because they, they, they said, do. they said, we'll get cowboys. Cool. Cowboys have got guns. Loose interpretation of the law so they can shoot. We know that, you know, it's different. Olivia Wilde's hot at mm. the minute. Let's get her. Always Harrison hot. Ford, the ultimate man in a cowboy hat. <laughs> Daniel Craig to fight an alien with a thing on his thing yeah he's got like an Apple yeah he's got an Apple watch yeah (laughs) but he's human isn't he he's not an alien because Olivia Wilde's the other alien yeah (laughs) clusterfuck I just remember I remember getting 10 minutes into that movie going why did I wish for this like is that one of my wishes gone have I got two left can my second wish be get rid of this film it was um Think of it as a hamburger and it's served to you, but you take a bite and you think you like it, but then you realise it's not me, it's shit. <laughs> it slowly poisons you. It's not, it's not a good film. Even the graphics were bad for then. It's not a good film. But Daniel Craig, you know, this is one of the films that goes against you because he's also not very good at it. But then again, no one is. Yeah, it's a, it's a difficult one to sell, isn't it? I remember when it came out, it, like you've got the old West look and then you've got Cowboys and Aliens in that kind of font and you're like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah. And I remember watching it and I remember at the I end, asked for this. <laughs> just being like bored and thinking like, I'm not, I'm not going to say it's as bad as Wild Wild West. It's not as bad as Wild But what, what I do remember is the reveal that Olivia Wilde is working for a second group of aliens that are trying to protect the race. And I remember thinking, wow. Oh, no, you've, you've put, reminded me of that. I was going to say, yeah. wow, you've put Cherry literally on a turd. <laughs> you've, you've, you've tried to spruce it up. Here's the best thing, is when you go, when you, when you, when you go on Cowboys and Aliens on, on IMDb. Yeah. If you like this, you may also like <laughs> John Carter. <laughs> <laughs> Total Recall the Colin Farrell oh, one no. <laughs> so close <laughs> Jumper <laughs> Prince of Persia and let's Fucking never hell. let's never forget about the whitewashing <laughs> in that movie <sighs> Hansel and Gretel you know when uh, Jeremy Renner <laughs> Jeremy Renner <laughs> oh, do you know man. what I'm just going to say I'm just going to say that it Correct. That's yeah, the most spot on recommendation. A, if you if you like this or him, if you like these other films that notoriously failed, gonna say no. At least they reached for the stars. It was different. No one else, mate. No one else was thinking about cowboys versus aliens, mer people versus Indians. It's different, mate. <laughs> it's something. It's, they tried. I mean, I, right. It walks to others could run. We've not had it since. <laughs> <laughs> no one else has been this, like, let's give this, that another go. Yeah, this film led to like battle battleships. <laughs> couple of weird ones after that dream house i remember that one uh coming out and be again not not being overly blown away by it or, or find it particularly interesting but rachel vice i love rachel vice and, and so, so does Daniel, <laughs> so Daniel Craig. being married now what's i never saw the events of tintin because i've never liked tintin i i quite like the animated tintin <laughs> movie uh, um I, yeah I, I watched it a couple of years back the animation's quite 
different. It is, it's, I remember it's, it being you know, different. And it is fun. I, I think Andy Serkis does one of the voices in it as, as well. And he, he kind of played the drunk captain throughout the whole film. So Andy Serkis and Jamie Bell being like the main two. It's got a cat. It was more like an Uncharted movie than that Tom Holland's Uncharted movie. Do you know what I mean? It, yeah. it was globe trotting. It was maps. It was adventure. It was you know wrong place, wrong time kind of um, kids kids uh, action film. I I I didn't mind it, and it's that animation that looks oddly realistic. Yeah, like a little bit a little bit too realistic in times where you like just keep it animation, keep it simpler. But yeah, I, I did like it, and there are there are talks of a sequel coming out, and it's taken that long, you know, for the graphics to kind of catch up for the for the I suppose the style or the ambition of the movie. Now this is where we're going to lose half our audience, I imagine, because there's going to be a massive divide and disagreement. The Millennium book series, the trilogy, is one of the most successful. I see, I see you noticed the word trilogy there. You're not you're not counting the others, are you? No, yeah, because right. no, I read them, and also he didn't write them. So yeah, it was, it was, so, yeah. so no, his son <laughs> did, and the, the same characters. Yeah, no, I no one's interested. It's these three. <laughs> it's like the girl with the dragon tattoo, the girl that kicked the hornet's nest, the girl, and what was the other one? The girl, the girl who played with fire. Yeah. And then obviously it's like the girl who was a boy who kicked a ferret who... The girl who paid her taxes on time. Yeah, it's just like... <laughs> he should write, he should write kids novels. <laughs> he should write the kid who went to bed and wasn't naughty. Um, it, it was basically a very successful, I want to say Danish, was it Swedish, was it Norwegian? It's Norwegian. It was a... Got it now. It's a very famous Scandinavian set of three films. What a Swedish one, eh? It was a Swedish. I'll go with Swedish. Um, no, what I'm saying is that the, after the books, the films came, didn't they? But Hollywood, mate, he wanted a slice of that cheddar. Who's hot at the minute? Daniel Craig, apparently. <laughs> On the backs of Aliens versus Cowboys. Obviously, we're talking about The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, a reimagining from David Fincher. Mm. Which is, you know, David Fincher, a lot of people excited about that. I remember Daniel Craig signing on, said that he hadn't read the source material when he saw the final scene. He was shocked by the character of Elizabeth Sander and the stuff that she does when he wasn't, as though he wasn't aware of these. Well, we'll try to keep it PG. The tattooing the scene. The tattooing scene, or any of that. He wasn't aware of that until he saw it on the big screen. He was quite shocked. Well, I was like, what film? Research, then? Was like, what film did you think you signed up for? Because yeah. at the end, you're nearly sodomized by a man. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. um, I think he's a great cast. And it starts what I like to think of Christopher Plummer inviting <laughs> inviting um, Daniel Craig to his house to solve some sort of murder. Genuine shocking. I had read the books. I think as an interpretation of work, it's very good. I like the film. I wanted to see the other two films based on these characters. I think he does a great job as Blomquist. Um, I think, do you know what Daniel Craig does really well? He does the exacerbated, doesn't know what to do acting quite well. So at the end of this film, there's a scene where he's worked it out. He worked out who the killer is. But then the killer invites him into the house. But he needs... Daniel Craig doesn't know if the killer knows that he knows. Mm. So he accepts the invitation. That's a great speech. Um, who was the actor, sorry, that is the killer? Stan Starsgard. Starsgard. Um, there's, they have such great chemistry. They're slathered and liquidated. It's brilliant. The tension's fantastic. I really like the film. I think it was a good choice. I do think uh, Naomi Rapeless was a better Elizabeth Sander. She's phenomenal. She's just you can't win them all. Yeah, yeah you've got uh, Rooney Mara was the. Is, oh, is that is the, 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 the original? No, Rooney Mara is who I'm a massive fan of. Um, oh, in, she in, this one. in the Daniel Craig one. Yes, she did a very good job as well. Yeah, I just think it's very. I I actually quite like this film, and I watched. This was one of the many films I rewatched of Daniel Craig in the last few weeks. Of course, there's now the Claire Foy version. I don't know if you saw that. No, that's on it, Netflix, that, but it, it looks bad. It looks too actiony. So that is about one of the newer books. Uh. Yeah, it, it, to be honest, where Elizabeth Sanders got her sister. Yeah, well, the Millennium trilogy. To be honest, I liked the first one. I thought the second and third one would go off topic too much, but I like the investigative elements of the story, and I like the fact that they're split up for the majority of the second and third book. She's always off on her adventures, and Longquist and the guy that hires her—they're always behind. I did want to see a second and third movie with this cast and David Fincher. I thought David Fincher did a really good job bringing it to life on a big screen with a bigger budget. And it, it is Swedish. I was, yeah, I was right. Yeah, yeah Golden Spider's Web is the Claire Foy version. And she is on looked, Netflix. She looked awesome, you know, as as uh, Elizabeth Salander, because she's mm. such a, a great character, kind of cyber hacker. Yeah, she is, yeah. Anti hero. Um, Just what she wants, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I was imagining her saying, I do what I want. <laughs> Not a move for you. Um, great. 
a great character to know if you're in a situation you need someone bailing out. Imagine a bit of an arsehole to buy for. <laughs> Just like, do you want a new laptop? What do you want? Anyway, I like the old Dragon Tattoo. What do you think? Um, I I didn't particularly Ooh. like it because I get it. I think it just comes from liking the book so much, and and like you say, you you did get um you know the full trilogy with the Rumi. Oh, what's the name? Rumara. No, not the not the Rumi Mara. Oh, sorry. I've got a name now. Okay. Anyway, do you want to move on? Yes. 2012 obviously came up with Skyfall, but... Numira Peace. So, you, sorry, that's her. Oh, that's the, the original. Um, yes. So she did the full trilogy of films. Yes, so, and they, they yeah. were very good yeah, as yeah. well. Um, 2012, obviously we'll talk about Skyfall, that's great. However, that wasn't Daniel Craig's crowning achievement in 2012. It's when, for the opening ceremony, he got to act alongside the Queen. Well, let's be honest, there's many actors out there in the world and not a fucker's got close to the Queen, like James Bond and motherfucking Craig Daniel. That's Craig Daniel. Daniel Craig. Do we skip Quantum of Solace? Yeah. Yeah, we did. I was uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just I went straight over that, mate. Yeah. Can I, I think that's brilliant. That's phenomenal. Jumps, I know obviously he, do you remember when people like, he didn't really jump out of the airplane? Yeah, he didn't. You're right. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd been fucking mental. <laughs> After we celebrate 2012, let's kill an actor well, on my, the big screen. My my favourite uh, quote about like doing stunts and stuff is Danny Triel, who... Mm. Oh, I, I saw this as well. This yeah, week, where yeah. he's like, I don't throw myself through a window. I'm not Tom Cruise. And like, because if I get hurt, I stop production for four months and mm. I hold everyone from getting their salary and people that need to move on to other projects. He's like, so when they say cut... I get off the screen and I let the stuntman do it. And it's like, yeah, yeah actually, yeah, yeah good yeah. point. You know. Although, to be fair, when Tom Cruise did that, he then did film the rest of the film with a broken ankle. But it's Tom Cruise. <laughs> um, anyway, so I think Happy Glorious. There you go. That's one of the best moments. Obviously, Skyfall, we talked about being probably one of the best Bond films of all time. Yeah, yeah. Took a gap now for a couple of years. Took a gap, mate. Three years. He didn't, well, he didn't appear on the big screen. <clears throat> Until Spectre, another James Bond outing, or Star Wars. Where he had a cameo. G- little cameo. Yeah. yeah. That's where he is now. He's at that stage where you go, I want to be a stormtrooper. But then everyone, the, you know. The Glenn Close tier of cameo. Yeah. You know, William and Harry are cameoing in the next movie as stormtroopers. Yeah. I, yeah, I think. Can't um, win them all. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's got The thing Harry. is, I knew he was in it. So that when he, that broke me out of the movie a little bit and the excitement because, because I was waiting for it. And then his voice so distinctive. Yeah, and, yeah. and it's at that moment, isn't it, where Ray realizes she's, she's got she's the got powers. powers. She's, you know, um, the powers, the force. The powers. She's, no, got she's got the, she's got the powers, power. mate. <laughs> um, Logan Lucky. This is a film that I saw this week because I've never seen it before. <laughs> yeah, I, I was. Quite, I love this film. I was I quite a fan know. of this because it, it, I mean, I'm a big Adam Driver fan. I didn't even know who's in it. I, I, knew, I knew nothing about this film except for it's a film that someone told me I, sh- I would enjoy because it's got a bleached head Daniel Craig I didn't do any Craig Daniel again and then when I found out wait a minute uh, Tatum who I'm going to tell you I think he's a great actor mm. I think he's very underrated I think his comedy chops and his action style he's very good people you know oh, well, he's hot I think he's very underrated and Adam Driver who's probably the next generation of the probably the best actor in Hollywood I think he's brilliant I think Adam Driver is it I do I, f- I think it's a maritime now before he gets his like his Oscar yeah. performance and, and he, then and then I mean, Marriage on. Story he was phenomenal in that film yeah and he actually brings it in most things uh, I, he's so deadpan in this film it's hilarious yeah. it, this film is so much funnier he's got that be. wooden arm as well he's got the prosthetic amputee mm. like amputated arm and that and Hilary Swank shows up randomly and love it yeah she had he's a got career. a Riley Cow in it as well Keo Cow who's who was in that um Daisy Jones and the Six TV show that I was talking about the other oh, week. So yeah, big fan of hers. But I, I, I went to cinema to watch this, knowing nothing about it. And it's like NASCAR and a heist, and it's it's, it's all over the place. He's all over the place. Very good. He's brilliant. But it's fun. He's brilliant, and yeah. he's, he puts an accent on it. And you're wondering why is he putting an accent on this film? Oh, said one of them Southern American accents. It's almost as if he was also helping him prepare for his best role In- and his greatest role that he is. And I'm sorry, I know he's probably the best James Bond. But he's the only detective Benoit Blanc. It's, yeah, it's glorious. He's isn't it? fucking knives out and knives out the glass onion. I'm not joking, mate. Ah, oh, I, I some of my favourite films. They are the best thing. They, I've put them up there on top tier of the net, the best thing Netflix has produced. Now I know they didn't do the first one. But they only the second one and the third one's going to be great. In the hands of Ryan Johnson, you're going to get. Please, can we get one of the best trilogies ever? One of the greatest detectives. When you watch the first film, he's an afterthought. 
It's Anna de Armas's character that we follow. And at the end, you realize he is the world's greatest detective. It's, it's not a donut. It's a donut within a donut. <laughs> it's fucking... And then the second one, he's just like, we've all been, you know... He's so brilliant. It's so good. The character... I don't want to give spoilers away because they are genuinely such good films. And on Netflix, you need to watch Knives Out. You need to watch <laughs> Knives Out. Glass Onion. Glass Onion grows on me. You know, I said when we did the review, I loved the first one. Second one grows on me, mate. I, I like rewatching it going, I didn't notice that before. I didn't notice that's why you can't smoke. That's why you can't do this. When you rewatch the first one, <clears throat> something I did this week, I didn't realise, you know, there's a joke about no one knowing where uh, Anna de Armas' character is from. They go, oh, she's from Portugal. Oh, she's from Mexico. And no one actually, they all get it different mm. wrong. I didn't notice this week that every time they mention the funeral, it's like, I wanted to invite you, but I was outvoted. They all say that, which means that all of them are lying because all of them couldn't have possibly been outvoted. I'd love shit yeah. like that, mate. You so, layers on layers of Daniel Craig at the centre of this donut within a donut, mate. It's, Ryan Johnson movie, you know, he's, he's very, very good writer. He's, I... I I know, I I know every think... Star Wars fan that doesn't like Last Jedi is going to come at me for that. But... It's fine. It's all right, mate. Let it go. And and then, it, that, it, obviously, I think one of the best endings to a Bond run, if you will. No time no to time die. die. <clears throat> and that's when there's a lot of things going against it. A lot of things going against it. I, I, don't, I don't like the villain. I don't like the secondary characters. The character of Bond and his growth, he, he's got me. Get a bit of Eva Green back in there. Loved it. It was one of the greatest endings to a storyline if you will mm. and it led me to my conclusion I think Daniel Craig was bloody lucky in his early career but mate you've earned it now and I think the best is yet to come I, so I do think he's not I don't know what the question is I don't, he's not an A-lister he's not a name that would get me in the cinema unless it was in Knives Out 3 then I would so he's on the cusp he's there and he was for Bond. I don't know. I'm back at square one. I don't know. I'd I, I sure to find, maybe other than the likes of your kind of Tom Cruise characters and actors, someone who can leave a franchise and automatically jump into another franchise so quickly that is as... Well, no, it's not. Now that isn't as successful as James Bond, but... Should be. But because, <laughs> because Bond has the legacy. Yeah. You know, but... Um, but if you think about it, he went from... So he could have... Actually, do you know what's a good addendum? Is that he could have easily milked that fucking cash cow like Roger Moore. Roger Moore wasn't letting that tea go. He was like, I'll be in this fucker till you kill me. Depends where he goes down the Ray Fiennes paradox, which is mm. where Ray Fiennes does, you know, three for them and one for me kind of thing. You know, yeah. where he, he turns out movies that he, he doesn't really sell it and he, he phones it in and it's a bit hammy and then he, he does, the, and then then he does, does the like Oscar really winner. You know, yeah. the, the film where you're like, God, he's good. This is why he's well fans. Yeah. yeah, and I wonder whether or not Daniel Craig is going to be in that caliber. We we can do passion projects and you know real amazing like pieces of work, but then also can just cameo or sign himself up to whatever movie you know because he is Daniel Craig. He's, he is James Bond. Or he was James Bond. He's a, a defining Bond. Um, do we even come close to answering that question? It's difficult. I think it's genuinely one of the most difficult questions that we've answered. I think, I think this, the thing to me about Daniel Craig is it goes back to how versatile he is. He can do comedy, he, he can do action, versatile. he can do, um, you know, he can do uh, drama so well. I mean, sci-fi, Cowboys and Angels, not going to win them all. But I could see him slipping into a Wes Anderson movie. He, he, could, he could fit I, into that very quickly. It's really funny you should mention because I think he would have been perfect in a film like Moonrise to Kingdom. Moonrise Kingdom, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he would have fit perfectly he into would, any of those roles. He would, he would, you know, he would slip into, um, you know, anything directed by you know, Damon Chazelle or, you know, um, you know Denis yes. Villeneuve. Do you know what I mean? He's you've, like, you've convinced me. Yeah, I, I think the, I think, I, I, I don't think he's going to do any. Well, everyone does bad bits of work don't they but yeah. I do think he's on the up now and I think because he is or was I think now he's moved away from Bond he, he's we'll not, not going to have the Sean Connery thing of not being employed for 20 years because yes. everyone's like he is just James Bond Knives Out shows that you just slip into he's a chameleon and slip into a new role and everyone you know everyone's like oh yeah James Bond is now you know a, a, a deep southern uh, detective but I yeah I think uh, I think with the right directors the right script and the right angle I would love to see him do more kind of the India stuff yeah. Well, maybe he will now. Do you know what, another thing as well? He takes big gaps between projects, which suggests that he doesn't just sign up for everything. Mm. It suggests he's like, he waits for a film, but that does mean that he did wait for Aliens versus Cowboys. It's like, this is the film. I've got to come out of retirement for this. <laughs> I suppose it's 55. The other, the other side of that is, is what, you know, what roles, what leading roles come up to, to people, you know, he's, He's closer to 60 now. Do you know what, that's, there's an episode where we can just like, what age does your career die? Because for 
like fucking females in Hollywood, it's like 20. You're, you're done. But yeah. It's, yeah. But then it's like, yeah. Well, after, you, after you've played a mum. You're done, yeah. Then all of a sudden you, you disappear until or, you come back. Or you're Sandra Bullock. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, which is one of the, obviously the, you know, I know we laugh, but that's the tragic that's thing, a, isn't it? Tragic. Is it? Well, you, you win an Oscar, you're done. Yeah. Like, yeah. Apparently there is no stories out there about women in their 40s. It just yeah. doesn't happen. But I suppose, yeah, with men, it, it kind of continues, doesn't it? But. I don't know, I suppose what is that what what is there left when you've done Bond and when you've done when you've had as much fun as you've had with the likes of uh, Knives Out, what, what do you what do you go to? Yeah. Fuck it. Bring out Golden Compass 2. Let's finish it. <laughs> Let's fucking finish it. Sold, so that's <laughs> done. No, but this time he plays the monkey. <laughs> Nicole Kidman's still in it. Plays a little girl. <laughs> I'd watch that. Um yeah, you do you know what, mate? You you've spoken passionately, you've spoken with precise intelligence and knowledge. Yeah, I, yeah, you are, I agree. It's Daniel Craig. He's yeah, going places. He's, I, I think. Remember the name. You're a dear first. <laughs> You're a dear first. Now I think some the of guy the guy who once played Bond is going to be a big deal. <laughs> I think. I think uh, the, some of his movies are already in our vault. Are safe haven for the greatest films of all time. They are. The Bond movies are certainly in there. The character, his Bond, is in there. Any others that you've seen this week that you want to throw in? <sighs> Logan Lucky is a very good film. It's not the best. It's it's not the best. Lair Cake was very good to watch. It's not the best. Enduring Love. Fuck you. It's not your fault, but fuck you, the book. Fuck you. No, but I do want to put... I know everything Knives Out are in there, but the character of Benoit Blanc needs to go in there. Mm. The, the world's greatest detective. I want him crossing over with the girl in Dragon Toe. <laughs> I, I don't want... I don't want Blomquist. I want Benoit Blanc. <laughs> That's what I want. I want all these films. I want him to play Benoit Blanc in everything. <laughs> Aliens versus Gaffworth, mate. That's what I want. Well, that's our show for this week, ladies and gentlemen. Let us know what your favourite Daniel Craig movie is. Let us know if we uh, skipped by any that you wish we talked about. Tell us why you love it. Tell us which ones you hate. That's Daniel Craig for this week. Next week, we're doing the A to Z. Oh, the well. The well hasn't run dry, my friend. Run dry. The, the well hasn't hasn't run dry. And that is uh, the A to Z game where you have to, through every letter of the alphabet, A to Z. We've done it on... Um, We've done it on uh, actors, we've done it on characters, we've, we've done, done it on everything. films. We've done we've it done on it. 80s drugs, <laughs> we've done it on everything. <laughs> we've done it on uh, motor transport, <laughs> haven't we? Don't think we have done that one, that was no, a different, did. no, that was best, that was best transport in film because we had Danny on and it was Nimbus, do you remember? Yeah, it's Harry Potter's uh, broom, wasn't it? I don't think that won it. <laughs> it didn't. That's what I'm thinking. I'll it's the cloud from I'll like Dragon to Ball. I like the Millennium Falcon or something like that. I kind of came on top. We're going to do the A to Z next week of uh, animals in films. Oh, so our favourite uh, companions You're in prepare movies. Prepare for some weak choices, mate. Uh, amen. <laughs> if I don't see you later, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Goodbye.